Hello and welcome back to Lead with Compassion with me, your host, Nico McCall. We are back with Transition Tuesday this week after a mini-series on coming out in episodes 6 through 14. Today, I'm bringing up a topic that is a sensitive subject for the trans community. It is an action referred to as dead naming, a term I personally don't use to refer to my former name. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, it is when someone in the trans community is referred to by a name they once used, but no longer use. People in the trans community often change our names to better represent who we are. You can hear how big this mental process was for me in episode 11. A lot of time, mental energy, stress, anxiety, the list goes on, goes into choosing a name that feels like us, feels like a home that we've known exists, but we've never been allowed to enter. Announcing this name, asking people to call us by this name, is another opportunity for rejection every single time. I don't understand why it's so hard to be happy for someone who is working on being happy, who is sacrificing everything to be honest and genuine with themselves, and then choosing to share that honesty with others. Why does so much of society feel the need to make us feel less than human? Accidentally calling us by this dead name happens and sucks. When it happens to me, I usually understand, especially if I know the person who erred is genuinely putting in effort to use the correct name. After changing our names illegally, there's a whole other process of being deadnamed by financial institutions, doctor offices, DMVs, schools, employers. This list also goes on. Think of all the places that have your name. If you've changed your name due to a marriage, you have a general idea. Being deadnamed in both these situations is traumatizing. And there is a more traumatizing scenario. The people who intentionally deadname us. Here are some reasons I think are behind this cruelty. The person intentionally doing this hates theirself. They feel the need to torment others to mask their self-hatred. It is impossible for them to accept anyone different from them, and they feel threatened by anyone not following their narrow views of what is acceptable. They cannot cognitively comprehend anything outside the binary world that is their entire existence. Accepting a person's transition would cause them to question things about their self they are not ready to question. Or they feel out of control. 
unable to control someone they previously felt control over. The only reason I can come up with as to why calling a trans person by their chosen name is so threatening, but calling a woman by her married name is not, is that the latter is celebrated as a way for a man to show possession of his bride, and the former is someone brave enough, courageous enough to live outside the status quo. But really, why is calling a person by their married name such an easy adjustment for people to make? Or calling someone by their middle name, or nickname, or artist name? I hear these comparisons occasionally. You know, and I, I, I get it. It helps to get the point across. If you are calling these people by a name other than their legal name and name they were born with, you shouldn't have an issue calling a trans person by the name they are asking you to use. But really, that justification is completely unnecessary. If a person tells you what name they use, use it. Period. Using anything other than what they tell you to use is asinine and arrogant. That's true if it's coming from a stranger or an acquaintance, and especially true if it's coming from a family member or friend. I don't want to let those who are accidentally deadnaming us completely off the hook. Every time you get it wrong, you cause trauma. The trauma may not be as deep as that caused by the people who are intentionally using the wrong name, but it's still there. I hear that you are used to using this other name. That's how you see us in your head. It's hard to just switch to a new name. Maybe you don't like the new name. It doesn't sound right when you say it. Maybe you get an uncomfortable feeling in your body, and you're trying to avoid that. These are just excuses. Attempts to justify why you weren't intentional with your words. Or attempting to make us responsible for your uncomfortableness. What are you hanging on to? Is there a loss there you haven't dealt with? Is it a backdoor way to show that you don't approve? I invite you to do some soul searching. Ask yourself some of these tough questions. Because really, it's not the trans person asking you to call them by their preferred name or even legally correct name if they've gone through that process. It may have been the trigger that stirred up something uncomfortable in you, but they are not responsible for that uncomfortable feeling. What is preventing you from 100% accepting the trans people in your life? If your answer has anything to do with the trans person... Ask the question again. Keep asking until your response has only to do with you. Moving beyond the people in our lives and asking them to use our new names, 
the excitement of picking our new name, announcing it to the first people who have shown excitement about our transition, and making the first change on a social media profile. After that, the reality of changing our name soon sets in. Whether we've made a legal change or not, getting institutions to use our new name is daunting. For legal names, it seems like every company has a different process. Phone calls, emails, faxes. Explaining to each new person why we are changing our name. People don't know how to respond. For me, the easiest part was contacting all the big financial institutions. Each of those companies may have had their own process, but they had a process in place. A simple message or phone call, and I knew which documents they needed and how to submit them. It's the local doctor's office, local banks, schools, churches, where the process becomes difficult. If there is a process in place, a lot of the customer-facing employees aren't aware of it. I always tried to explain the situation in a quiet way to not attract unwanted attention, which usually caused confusion and required a longer explanation. Being five years into my transition and looking back on that time in my life, it's bewildering to acknowledge how much power I gave other people in those situations. I mean, there I was, requesting that they acknowledge the outcome of a legal action. But I felt completely at their mercy, waiting to see their reaction to know if I should feel shame or embarrassment. Aware of how uncomfortable I was making them. When really, I was standing up for myself and had every right to feel empowered, requesting that they acknowledge me how I want to be acknowledged. When I let go of any shame or embarrassment I have around my transition, there isn't anything the other person could say or do to create those feelings in me. And I see that the only thing making the other person uncomfortable is them. I don't have that power over them, just like they don't have power over me. We are solely responsible for how we react. That is a hard truth. No one but myself is responsible for how I react. No one but you is responsible for how you react. It's so much easier to blame our reactions and feelings on other people. And we are taught many things as children that subconsciously guide our reactions as adults. That doesn't change the fact that we are solely responsible for how we react. <laughs> this reminds me of a common phrase these days. When you know better, do better. I mean, there could be a few steps 
between knowing better and doing better, or there could be hundreds of steps, knowing better doesn't make it easy to do better. There's often a lot of hard work, personal growth that has to take place. I'll leave that for another episode. I want to get back to the term dead naming. I mentioned earlier that I don't use that term. I don't like it. I don't like what it implies. To me, it implies that the previous version of me that used to have that other name is dead. And and that's not the case. Before I get into this more, please know that I am only speaking for myself. Each one of us has our own journey and way of coping. For me, that is to acknowledge the person that got me through my first 30-some years of life. That person created some amazing coping skills, and I'm thankful for that. Even as I work today to break down what is behind those coping skills so I don't have to rely on them so much. As important as it is for me to honor that person, I don't like hearing my old name. It doesn't matter if that name is being used to refer to me or someone else. I don't like hearing it. I get a mini panic wave that travels through my body. It feels hard to interact with someone who has that name. It feels like just having the name said out loud is going to expose me somehow. If I'm around people who don't know I'm trans, it's like if they hear that name in my presence, they will automatically know that it used to be my name. Or if the other person does know I'm trans, I worry it will trigger memories of me that they will bring up and in the process call me the wrong name or misgender me. Ugh, I don't even like talking about it. But this is a perfect example of how I'm responsible for my reaction. Just because I have these reactions when I hear my old name doesn't mean the other person is at fault or should refrain from using that name, as long as they're referring to another person with that name and not me. Them saying the name is not causing the reaction in me. It's me hearing the name that causes the reaction. And what that reaction tells me is that there is stuff, emotional stuff, around that name that I haven't processed yet. And it is up to me to do the work on whatever that emotional stuff is. It's the same if you have some kind of reaction to a trans person in your life asking you to call them by their name. That reaction you're having is due to some unprocessed, most likely unacknowledged, emotional stuff. And only you can do the hard work of processing it. Really, if we're talking about personal growth, this is true of any situation that elicits a response of denial or blame. 
there is something behind that reaction that, if acknowledged, understood, and released, will no longer elicit that reaction. For myself, I try to take a step back when I realize I'm having a reaction. There is a lot of room for improvement when I am in the moment. It usually takes me being away from the situation where the reaction came up for me to be able to see that it even happened and then work to uncover the why. As I work to be able to recognize it in the moment, I can see the length of time between the situation and my realization shortening. And with compassion for myself, I can celebrate that while I work to improve. For me, the first step is always compassion. Compassion for the person who at first reaction is causing this reaction. Understanding that they have things going on in their life that have elicited whatever they are putting on me. It takes compassion for that person to create a divide between that person and myself. A space where I can see that their reaction doesn't have anything to do with me. And that I don't have to take it personally, whatever it is. I don't have to allow it to mean anything about me. And it takes compassion for myself. Giving myself the time and space to not be perfect as I work through my own stuff. Some days my big successes are not beating myself up for not getting everything done I said I was going to get done. Having compassion for myself instead of beating myself up allows me to acknowledge the things I didn't get done, investigate when my planning could have improved, and try again tomorrow. Without allowing myself that grace, I can plummet into self-blame, a place where it is near impossible to improve the situation tomorrow. If you have people in your life refusing to call you by your name or accidentally doing so and making excuses instead of working hard to improve, try to lean into compassion. Try to be easy on yourself and not give meaning to the other person's words or actions. It takes daily practice, practicing recognition of our thoughts and reactions learning how we add to our torment with a lack of self-compassion and practicing compassionate thoughts. If you fall into the category of not honoring another person's request to use a certain name, pause and look inward. What is behind that refusal? Somewhere in there, you could use self-compassion to acknowledge some emotional pain. In any case, be kind to yourself 
and be kind to others. Tell us some reactions you've noticed in yourself that you've been blaming on others. Have you been able to recognize that the reaction is coming from within you and not from them? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach out, contact info is in the show notes and can be found at leadwithcompassionpodcast.com. We're working on creating partnerships to give you some exciting discounts, affiliate links with some discount codes for you, as well as other resources can be found on our website, leadwithcompassionpodcast.com. Please consider supporting our show by clicking on the PayPal link in the show notes or on the website. Let us know what you enjoy about our podcast and topics you'd like to hear about. I'll see you next time. Thank you.